Everything F1. Driven by fans, for the fans. And it's lights out and away we go! is still on provisional pole. This time for Stefan and Hamilton have crashed out. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. So, hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. And alongside me from the Everything F1 team today, we do have Coops. Hi, Coops. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How's yourself? Really good. I'm really excited for the weekend because uh, I'm going to the place we're going to talk about uh, alongside you as well. So you're going, uh, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, well, not didn't manage to get tickets to the race, but going for Friday and Saturday. So going to be at a Grand Prix for the first time ever, yeah. along with the 12-year-old son, uh, the unfortunate thing is he's a Max Verstappen fan, uh, <laughs> so we'll have to just deal with that. But it's uh, uh, I, I, I'm not ashamed to admit I'm probably going to be a wee bit emotional when we rock up to Silverstone on the Friday. Uh, you know, Absolutely. being 40 years old and watching the Grand Prix since I was a wee boy, you know, yeah. first time seeing it properly live. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be exciting. Not looking forward to the five odd six hour drive down. You know, from the west coast of Scotland all the way down to Silverstone, but... Needs must, needs must. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, we've also got Sophia with us today. Hi, Sophia, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And you? Yes, yes, I'm very good. And I'm also really excited to chat to our super special guest who will be actually racing uh, on the circuit of Silverstone this weekend. And it's W Series, Series? W Series driver... Sarah Moore. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. Well, thank you very much for coming to uh, speak to us today on the uh, Everything If One podcast. Um, for any fans that might not know who you are, which I can't imagine there are too many now um, because W Series has exploded over the last year, but can you kind of give us a brief outline of who you are, what you do in, say, a minute, uh, and then we'll visit and break that down a little bit later in an interview. Of course, yeah. So obviously you introduced myself, but I'll introduce me anyway. I am Sarah Moore, um, <laughs> currently uh, racing in the W Series. I uh, have been racing as part of the W Series um, since it started in 2019. Uh, I have a, a long career in motorsport, although I am still young, I keep telling myself. Um, <laughs> I started when I was four years old um, in karting, 10 years of karting, and then uh, started racing cars when I was, when I was 14. Um, and then just Kept on rolling on from there, really. Excellent. Yep. You've got a, a, a great career spanning many years. Uh, you started when you were eight from my research. Um, so we've got a lot to talk about, basically. Um, but we will do that after we uh, preview the Silverstone Grand Prix, because I'm sure you're also, well, you said that when we were chatting beforehand, you're, you're not totally excited at the minute, but it kind of hits you when you get to the track. Is that right? Exactly. I think uh, I'm always too busy with work before a race weekend. So as soon as I'm kind of on my travels to the track for the race weekend, yeah. then I can switch off and switch on to race mode. 
Okay, so let's move on to our Silverstone preview. Now, we always give the vital statistics at the start when we talk about Silverstone, so I'll head to Coops because I'm on my mobile phone today and I don't have the statistics in front of me, but can you give us the track details, please, Coops? Right, the track length is 5.891 kilometres, first Grand Prix 1950. It was the first ever Formula One uh, race in the summer of 1950. Uh, 52 laps, race distance will be 306.198 kilometres and the lap record is Max Verstappen with a 127.097. Last year's winner was Lewis Hamilton. In a very bland and not interesting first lap race, <laughs> everything went fine. There was no issues, and it didn't set the internet on fire for about six months. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about that then. So it's got a lot to live up to, hasn't it, uh, this year's race? Because last year's race was completely the opposite of what you are talking about, uh, Coops. It was a bit <laughs> of a, a bit of a show, a bit of a show. Um, Sarah, what was your, what were your thoughts on the race last year? Did you get to watch it live, or were you kind of uh, in the mode for W Series at the time? Um, well, I think most of that that day leading up to the start of the, the Grand Prix, um, we had media duties um, for yeah. the V Series. Obviously, they they let us go to uh, to watch the Grand Prix. Um, but yeah, it was a, still a bit difficult with COVID to find somewhere to watch that wasn't too crowded because we uh, we had to fly out to Hungary. I think it was ten days later, so we didn't want to risk uh, being around too big too big a crowd um, in case we caught COVID. So uh, yeah, we did. Uh, we we. Uh, we watched, I can't remember where we watched from, um, but we watched from somewhere, um, watched all the drama unfold um, at the start of the race. Um, and then, yeah, I think we disappeared after that because we thought, well, the traffic's going to be manic. So, yeah, <laughs> I think we disappeared after that. Sophia, what did you make of last year's race? Lots of action. Um, mm-hmm. I've been actually watching going back to 2015 all the replays like yesterday and today on sky f1 channel and it's quite interesting seeing how crazy it's been over the years <laughs> as well like the amount of safety cars the weather crashes like all of it it's going to be i i would like it to live up to last year obviously not with those crashes the 52g crash that max had mm. but I don't want it to be a boring race, especially because we've had interesting racing the last couple of weeks with Canada, uh, Baku and everything. I don't want, especially for a British Grand Prix, like it's home. You don't want it to be boring and it should be good weather. It should be nice. Let's hope the race kind of falls into place for it and all the other races as well, because it's going to be a busy weekend. We got F1, F2, F3, W Series, Formula E's on, IndyCar is on. It's going to be a manic weekend for sure. So you're not going to leave your living room for no. uh, the full three days? <laughs> I'm literally camping out in my living room. Like I'm going food shopping on Thursday to ensure <laughs> that I don't have to leave the apartment. And I'm doing that for next weekend for Austria as well because I'm not trying to miss a moment for sure. <laughs> No, uh, sounds like it. Sounds like you're going to be uh, having a great weekend. And hopefully you'll see us on the little cameras behind, waving behind any of the uh, uh, the commentators or whatever, hopefully. Anyway, let's go back to Sarah. Uh, Sarah, you've obviously driven at Silverstone. What's it like to drive around there? Um, 
Silverstone, I must admit, isn't one of my all-time favourite circuits. Um, oh, controversial. Yeah, yeah, it's not my my all-time favourite. Uh, I think what does it for me, especially being um, on part of the the Formula One package, is the crowds. Um, the crowds yeah. absolutely make a Formula One weekend for me. Um, before um, last year uh, with the W Series, I think I'd raced on the, the Grand Prix circuit twice um, in GT cars. Um, so I had some experience of the circuit. Um, but yeah, it's a totally di- different kettle of fish uh, in a Formula car with uh, with some downforce and uh, the speed that you can take Maggots and Beckett's out. I didn't quite, but you can. I know you can. <laughs> so this year I will. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a great track. Um, but for me personally, I, I prefer... A track with a bit more character, a bit of, bit of undulations, a bit more caster, a bit, bit more camber um, to kind of mix it up a little bit. But uh, yeah, I must agree, like with, with Sophia, you know, F1 um, has always had or created some really, really good racing, interesting, exciting racing um, at Silverstone. Um, but for me, I will personally be doing the rain dance all weekend because I really want it to rain to make it exciting. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Can I just- can I just say that I don't want it to rain because I have, <laughs> I have uh, general admission tickets, uh, so I really don't want no. So I'll be I'll be doing the anti-rain dance. I'll bring, so. I'll bring you a coat. I'll I'll bring you a coat or something. You know, right? A couple, <laughs> couple of couple of ponchos will do fine. <laughs> Uh, so, Coops, uh, let's talk about some individual races and teams. Let's let's talk about Ferrari or Red Bull. Red Bull. We'll go for Red Bull first because they are obviously the the current championship leaders. Do you think we're going to see a Max Verstappen win and a Max Verstappen pole position kind of dominance that he's had uh, for the past few races? It's it's kind of hard to bet against that going on current form at the minute. Mm. Uh, you, you don't want it to be kind of, in a sense of being kind of, now I don't support a driver, I like a team, so I like McLaren, but I'm, I'm not blinded by my support of McLaren to not criticise him, so I tend to say that I tend to be neutral. So I'm a bit like yourself. We mentioned it in the last pod. I don't want Verstappen to win it and Leclerc not to be second or Leclerc down the order because then we're going to be going to the Red Bull's version of Mercedes, mm. which was they two canting off into the distance and you're not really getting much uh, much else happening. And with Mercedes stuck in that third place, kind of not slipping that far back to get caught by the, the rest of the field and not that far in front to catch up and get involved in anything. It could end up being a pretty boring rest of the season. So purely selfishly, I would like to see it not be Verstappen's weekend and not to be Red Bull. Maybe mm. even plug in a Perez one. You know, that'd be nice. You know, if Helmut Marco and the, power, the the grand overlord of Red Bull allows that to happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, so purely for that and for, a, for, a, for an excitement of a season, you know, I would like it not to be, but on the balance of the recent kind of, and I mean last weekend, or two weekends ago, sorry, in Canada, I mean, that was a masterclass uh, from Red Bull and from Verstappen. Not so much from the Perez side of it, but for Verstappen. And keeping that momentum going would be very important. And, and you know, it's not been a long time since the fragility, the fragility of the Ferrari power unit really has caught up with them. So, well, let, let's talk about Ferrari then, because th- that power unit has been changed. So he's going to be going in, into the race with a new engine, and hopefully that means it's going to be good news for uh, reliability. What What do you think, uh, Sophia? Let's go to Sophia. 
I mean, I would like to see it to make it more interesting, but I don't know. It's still kind of, I'm still debatable with how Ferrari are because not just Ferrari, but also the other teams like Alpha and like, it's just not there, the reliability. And I mean, we've said on previous uh, podcasts, wait till after the summer break mm-hmm. after Hungary, and that's when they're going to step up. I still kind of think that's going to be more likely than it would be at Silverstone. I think it'll be interesting because it kind of will shake up a little bit for it. But mm. realistically, I can see one Ferrari driver probably doing it. And I would hope it will be Carlos Sainz. would love to see his first win. Is it possible? Coops is shaking his head. I don't think it is either, but that would be so nice to see. But uh, I, I, it's so much up in the air, I think. And for them to get double points, top five, I think that's probably the most realistic goal for them. Hopefully. Oh, I, I want them I want them in the lead. Like like Coop says earlier, I, I don't want this championship to, to be, you know, to, for the Red Bulls to run away with it. Um, I'm going to go over to Sarah and find out Sarah's opinion on this, though. Who do you think is going to uh, perform well this weekend? Do you think it'll be the Ferraris or the Red Bulls? I think uh, I'd love to say it wouldn't be the Red Bulls, but I think going off, uh, off the recent races, um, you know, they keep on pulling through. They, they might not necessarily always have the fastest car over one one, one lap in qualifying um, all weekend, but when it comes to the race, you, you really can't knock their strategy at all and, and they always pull it out out the park. Um, I think Ferrari, um, yeah, they, they've definitely hit some reliability issues as much as I'd love to see uh, Leclerc, myself and Sainz, actually. I'd, I'd love to see them both doing well. Um, I think, you know, they both deserve it. Um, but, you know, I, again, like like all of you, to be fair, I don't want to to see the championship go back to how it, you know, Mercedes walked away with it. We don't, we never, I don't think anyone ever wants to see that. Um, and we don't want that to start to happen, you know, with the likes of Red Bull. So hopefully, um, you know, we can have a bit of a mix up this weekend. I would really, really like to see uh, Norris and Ricardo get back into the top five. Um, I am a McLaren fan um, myself. Yes, another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, a big McLaren fan. Um, so yeah, I would love to see them, um, you know, keep pushing, keep working hard. Um, but yeah, I think most of them and I were kind of waiting for that for that break after Hungary for uh, for the next step up um, in improvement with the cars, to be fair. Should we talk about uh, one of our favourite teams, then McLaren, and their chances of getting back kind of up to, to big point scoring within the race this weekend? Um, Coops, do you think they've got a shot against the Mercedes, maybe becoming the third fastest this weekend? Or do you think they're still going to kind of remain further back? It depends if Ricardo can sort himself out. Because that's the weakest link at the minute. The car's not quite performing the way they want it. I don't think. I don't think they quite have a, a handle on it. Mm. Uh, they had the they, they made the fundamental design here at the start of the season, which was well documented uh, with the cooling issues with the front brakes. So they had to raise the ride height to make sure it didn't overheat. But when you do that in a ground effect car, you don't get the effect of the. You know, the down force with the ground effect, so they were losing performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lando Norris in the last two years, when he first came to Formula One, he wasn't seen as a title contender, not really in the conversation with the George, with George Russell. But, you know, he's kind of shown that he's got that talent. I mean, he's, he's definitely shown it this year. Uh, they're a bit of an enigma. You know, you, you think they're going to turn up and you're like, oh, great, look, this is a track that will suit them, they'll do well. And they qualify 14th and 15th, or 18th and 15th, or 11th and 13th. And you're like, what? How? Where? Okay. 
and an interesting thing that I just remembered when I was writing the notes, McLaren have confirmed that they're not bringing any large updates anymore. There's no more big updates coming. They're just going to work with some smaller updates to work with the package they've got. So, you know, have they have they just decided, look, the fundamental issues with the car are just too much? Or is this a cost cap thing again? You know, they just don't have... Could very well be, yeah. You know, so they're not going to bring up any big updates. Ricardo really needs to sort himself out. And if he's not really got the confidence in the braking and the way that he works with the car, you know, that's really going to be shown through Silverstone. It's a very technical circuit and something that needs someone to be confident with. Norris will be Norris and do what he needs to do. He didn't, excuse me, he had quite a few power unit issues in the last race. So, you know, hopefully they've ironed them out. Uh, and he'll be up. If the car works the way it works, he's probably going to be around about the top five, there or thereabouts. So I think five, six, maybe seventh, round about that area is probably the best we're going to see, unless there's shenanigans. Uh, or or Sarah's of... rain dance works and there's some, some rain on race day. Well, well, yeah, race day, because I'm not there in race day, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, you know, rain, yeah, could be. You know, Norris has shown that you can be all right in the rain, but we don't want Norris in first place in changeable conditions, because then we need to remember Sochi. Mm. That was a shame. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're a bit of an enigma, but, you know, if things work for them, yeah, I could see them up there kind of top five. If there's shenanigans in the race, then they could still on podium, but then Sarah's a driver who will know sometimes luck. You can luck into it and get yourself something, but you've got to put yourself there first. So Yeah. So, what, uh, Sarah, we'll go back to you. Uh, Lando Norris is obviously at home. It's always is there, There's always a bit of extra pressure when you're at home, isn't there, um, to, to kind of perform under the home crowd. Do you think he'll be feeling that pressure or do you think he's, you know, so used to that now that he, he'll be there with the right mindset immediately? I think uh, I know that I personally kind of tend to flip pressure the opposite way, especially at a home race. And I, I tend to try and use it in my favor uh, rather than kind of putting too much pressure on myself to deliver. Um, I kind of just try and, and enjoy the weekend um, rather than kind of thinking too much about, you know, the pressure of, of it being a home race. But um, like I say, I think, you know, some drivers nowadays do do that much traveling around that, you know, they've been to the home circuits that many times now that they, they kind of, they've probably got used to it. So um, I think he'll have his own way of, of dealing with it now. And what about, what's your, what are your thoughts on Ricardo? Does he deserve his seat in that McLaren at the moment? Obviously there's been rumours circulating and obviously I don't know how, how true those rumours are, but that, you know, Zach Brown's not 100% happy with him. He's not performing uh, to the best of his ability that his previous ability has proven. Um, what are your thoughts on Danny Rick? I think the, this year the new cars has, has brought a massive mix up to to a lot of teams. You look at Lewis Hamilton and he's been outperformed by George, George Russell. Would you say that he does not deserve his seat? Um, you know, it's, it's similar. You know, you can say that he's, he's won the championship, you know, as many times as he had. So, you know, he's, he's definitely the best driver in F1, but he's clearly not dealing well with, with having a car that hasn't obviously it's not the best car on the grid right now um and you know, i think it's a a similar position um with, with danny rick um you know I, I really like danny i think he's a very good you know an amazing guy amazing driver um i think you know what's obviously happened this year um 
to the the mental the mental aspect of things. Um, I think you know the the amount of pressure that the drivers are under to perform in Formula One, with it being the highest level of motorsport. Um, I think he's under more pressure, um, way more pressure, obviously than than, than Norris. Um, you know, Norris is, has been with McLaren for a number of years now, and and you know, Danny Rick is still kind of relatively new to the team, I suppose. Um, so you know, he's he's definitely going to be feeling the pressure pressure to to perform. Um, you know, when things start to go wrong as as a driver, um, you know, then it starts to play on your mind. Um, so, I think that will definitely have have, and I think it has shown that it has affected um, Danny Rick. Um, and you know, every time you go back to a race weekend, you, you've got to pick yourself back up from being that down in that in that you know that low that low dark place. And Formula One have that many races now that the calendar's kind of, in my opinion, getting way too hectic, and and they have way too many races. You know, drivers just don't have any downtime to to be able to you know if they've had a bad weekend, you have to be able to pick yourself up and get ready to go again in two days to to travel to the next race. You know, and and in my opinion, if they add any more races, it's it's gonna drive the drivers away from Formula One um, rather than keeping them in Formula One. Yeah, you might be right there. You might be right there. So it's interesting to get the, a driver's uh, perspective on that sort of thing. So thank you very much. Um, okay, well, let's move on to Mercedes, Sophia. Your your duty to kind of oh. give, us a, give us a lowdown on Mercedes. Do you think Mercedes are bringing an upgrade package as far as I'm aware? Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've reported they've got, they've got things in, in the works. And the debrief... Um, video that they put out on socials last week uh, said that they're confident that they're going to be positive changes uh <laughs> yeah it, yeah. It, it, is that is that a kind of is, is that a kind of pushing your luck saying those sorts of things <laughs> i mean it's mercedes as well they love to play the mind games i mean christian horner in canada said that mercedes is probably going to be one of the more challenging constructors for them for silverstone mm-hmm. um Obviously, with the upgrades as well, it's going to be interesting. But they're not the only team with upgrades as well. It's rumored that a few other teams are going to be pulling out upgrades. So we'll see how it is. I I mean, I will love to see George finish the top five. I want to see that streak keep on going. I would love to see him on a podium at Silverstone as well, because that's like, obviously, it is his home race. Mm. Lewis has had many wins and podiums. Like, he can kind of go to the side for George, maybe. But um, I think... He I, <laughs> he won't. No, definitely not. He won't go like, to the side for George. <laughs> um, Lewis and James go to the side. No. Um, <laughs> I, I think they will be strong. I don't know if both will be strong. I, I think it's going to be one over the other because with the discussion of the upgrades, it's not saying if both of them are having the upgrades or if one of them is having the upgrades. We won't really know until probably the press conferences on Thursday. And even then, that's changed as well, the formatting, where mm. I think it's not even all 20. I think it's only like 10 drivers are doing mm. the press conferences. Yeah. They're alternating them now, 10 and 10. So 10 this weekend, next weekend, there'll be another 10. And- yeah, it's it's weird because I don't know how they're going to choose it or if it's just like pull randomly. But um, so we might not know what's the upgrades going to happen even maybe until FP1. Um, but like I said, I think I would love to see George finish top five. I want that streak to keep on going. I would love to see it to go all the way to Hungary, like past the mid mid race mid season racing. But they could be force. I would say maybe. P3, P4, P5, like that range, maybe? Because they are quite dominant. Lewis has won, what, how many years now? Obviously, with what happened last year seven, as well. Is it seven? Seven at Silverstone it, that he's got? I think so. And I think three in a row so far. Mm. 
from when well, it's been a... he's, he's not getting four well, <laughs> you no, never, he know. These well we never know. These upgrades might be the, 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 you know, the, the golden ticket to the front. I mean, we didn't think he was going to win after the penalties and all that and the crash last year and wound up winning. So it is possible. I think they will be strong contenders with Red Bull and Ferrari. Mm-hmm. How well? It's debatable. But I mean, I, as a fan of George this season, and how well he has been doing in the Mercedes C. He is deserving to keep that top five finish. So I, I would hope maybe the upgrades will go to him or if they had to choose, but because of how well he's been doing, but we'll see. And then obviously, like like I said, Red Bull's kind of said that they think Mercedes yeah. is stronger than Ferrari. So we'll see wow. how it goes. We will. We will indeed. Uh, Sarah, uh, are you, were you shocked when you saw how poorly the – Mercedes were performing this year and do you think they've got a chance of bringing it kind of closer to the Ferraris and the Red Bulls uh, this weekend or even at any point this season? Um, I think everyone was shocked um, at how poorly the Mercedes has performed to be fair Um, you know they've had such a good car for for so many years now Um, but I think it's kind of what Formula 1 needed to be honest Um, a big mix and I think that this new car, um, has new era has, has definitely brought that. Um, so in my opinion, um, as much as I, I really want to see George do well, and um, like Sophia, I do want to see him carry on his, his streak of top five finishes. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to see Merck not, not always at the top of the uh, manufacturer table. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it, a mix-up was definitely needed. Um, you know, I think it was about time that we had a bit of a change in Formula One um, to make it a bit more exciting. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Um, okay, what well, what we'll go. We don't need to mention every single team and go around because that will take us all evening, and nobody wants to sit here listening to every single team about that. But what I want you to do is I want you to pick a team or a driver that we haven't spoken about, uh, and then kind of uh, say why you're looking forward to seeing them this weekend. Uh, let's go to Coops first. Coops, who pick pick a team or driver that you're looking forward to to witnessing this weekend? Well, uh, probably Alpine. Uh, because they're bringing quite a substantial upgrade package to Silverstone this weekend. Mm. Uh, and they've slowly but surely just getting themselves further up, keeping themselves yeah. up there. I mean, at the start of the season, they were very Alpine. You know, things happen, people crashed, and they still sauntered across the line in eighth and ninth, you know, just middling along the middle. You're just like, oh, okay. Uh, sometimes you forgot they were even in the race. Uh, <laughs> So it's it's good, you know, Alonso's Alonso, he's doing some good things, getting himself up to second in Canada and uh, you know, where did he finish ninth after his penalty? Uh, yeah. Which was a penalty. You, you, I mean Fernando should know not to weave when someone's behind you. I mean he's not a <laughs> he's rookie. Probably, he's probably man. seen so many people get away with it over the past. He's probably thought, well, maybe I can have a little bit of, you know, a little um, bit of weaving. Uh, the old football analogy there, you don't give the referee an opportunity to make a decision, and he did. Mm. Yeah. So that was that was a whoopsie from somebody who should know better. But yeah, it's, it's always interesting. Uh, Alpi, I, I haven't seen him. I've done a wee bit of left-handed Googling when we were talking about uh, upgrades. Uh, and it, from what I could see, Alpine and Mercedes are bringing the most substantial. Maybe there's some minor things coming from other teams. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. And whether they actually the upgrades do actually work, which is always good to see. Uh, if they don't or do, or how it will be, uh, and I'm sure we'll find that out Saturday afternoon at the magic uh, if they do work. 
Sarah, what are your thoughts on Alpine? Are you an Alonso fan? Are you a fan of Ocon? I mean, both performing fairly well. Um, obviously, Alonso always performs well. He'd be able to uh, drive a toaster around the, the Formula One track and still put it in the points, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Alonso, uh, you know, most people will call him an old man in Formula One now, wouldn't they, I suppose? But, you know, he's, he's still uh, doing a, an absolutely amazing job. Um I thought it did fantastic um, at the last weekend. Um, yes, the penalty I think was was definitely deserved, um, but which was a shame really, because um, I think he could have got a, a really solid result um, out of that race. Um, so that was a bit unfortunate, but uh, definitely a deserved penalty. Um, but I think, uh, I mean, you guys probably know more about upgrades than I do because I don't have time to keep up with it all. But uh, in terms of uh, a driver that I've really enjoyed um, watching this year um, is Bottas. I've really enjoyed watching Bottas. Um, I really enjoyed the start of the year when he was when he was beating the Mercs. Uh, that, <laughs> even I had a smile on my face for him. Um, you know, I think uh, it, it just kind of, uh, he was probably laughing whilst he was going around uh, in his helmet when he was... Uh, <laughs> Because I know I would have been so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All those, all those yeah, years of kind of, you know, Valtteri, it's James. Can you move over? Yeah. He must have thought well, I don't have to do that this year. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think we'll we'll uh, we're kind of seeing some of the best of, of Bottas now. You know, he's is with a what I think is still a, a, on average a, a pretty decent team. They've brought quite a, a good car this year. Um, you know, I think he's probably quite glad that he's not with Mercedes in uh, the way that their cars mm-hmm. going at the moment. Um, but I think, you know, he's, he's doing a really good job of putting the car that he has got in a, a really good position. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. That, and as I say, he's got the Ferrari engine, which has been a bit unreliable. So let's just hope that he holds his reliability uh, for, for the race this weekend as well, because it'd be good to see him competing uh, again. OK, Sophia, uh, Sarah and Coops have both chosen their team slash driver. Who do you think you'd like to choose? Yeah, I'm going to say Bottas' teammate, Zhou Guan Yu. Um, He's been my surprise of this season when he actually is performing well. He's had more of the engine failures compared to Bottas. Zhou's had three off the top of my head that I can count. And even when he had the engine failures, he was still running the points majority of that. He's out-qualified Bottas a few times. He's almost finished above Bottas a few times. Had it not been for those three energy failures i think he'll be a lot more close in the points than what it is now i think it's like 46 to 8 or something like that or even less than that um he's been doing really well for his rookie year compared to last season with the rookies that we had last season which i mean yuki's gone a lot better mix kind of a different story still no points but heartbreaking and he's had close calls but joe's been kind of the breakout and i would like to see how he go does it this time now Racing in F1 in Silverson, I think he grew up near around the circuit as well, or I know he grew up in the UK, but I wasn't sure. I can't exactly remember where, but it's like his second home. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how he does, how the pressure maybe comes to him as well. I can see him doing top 10 finish, which I feel like that's probably my bold prediction of the weekend as well, right there and then. Um, okay. But yeah, definitely yeah, one to look out for. The reason that Alfa Romeo haven't been doing so well recently was they ran out of spare parts. So they were having to use oh. older parts of the, uh, to keep the cars going so they kind of dropped back a bit. But according to what I've just read, they have not got a spare part issue for the British Grand Prix anymore. So well now they've now got the parts and they've got the fresh parts and everything's been freshened up and they've got they've restocked the, the, the pantry cupboard. 
with their short That's... wings and their engine components and whatever else. So that should Good. hopefully uh, bring them closer to where they should be. Uh, and hopefully, Joe gets himself a, a car that gets him to the end of the race because, as Sophia has touched on, he's, uh, he's deserving of it. He's doing exactly what he should be doing in a rookie year. He's, he's uh, dependable. He's not flinging it in the wall on FP1 like Sonoda did us, you know, too, far too many times. You know, he's just quietly mm. doing his thing and getting where he needs to be. Uh, so that'll be it's interesting then that that pressure's off and the car's where it should be. Okay, well, let's do predictions for the weekend then. We do a top three, uh, and I'll go straight to Coops first. Go on, top three. Top three, what, for the race or qualifying? For the race. For the race. For the, we'll for just the do the race. race today. We'll just do the race today. Mm. Okay. Saints, Leclerc, Verstappen. Okay. Sophia? Saints, Max, George. Oh, that'd be, that'd be a great result. I'd love that. Uh, Sarah, would you like to join in on the predictions? Top three for the race uh, this weekend at Silverstone? Uh, I think I'll go Verstappen, Russell, mm, Leclerc. Uh, yeah, that sounds quite quite good. I mean, I think Max Verstappen will win. I don't want him to. So, do I go with what I want or do I go with what I think will happen? I'm gonna. Go, you know go what? Go with what you want. Go with your heart. Go with your I'm heart. gonna go, gonna go with what I want. You know, I want a Charles Leclerc victory. A what do I want? Yeah, okay. Well, obviously, I'd want a Lando Norris two and a George Russell three. That'd be no, ideal. It's that, not, not going to happen. It's not what you want, <laughs> and it's it should, it should be what you want, and not a reaction to what you've been smoking earlier. <laughs> I don't smoke. Like, this is uh, this is me, a sound of oh, mind, and how oh, I would uh, that, <laughs> what I think would be a brilliant result. Obviously, I didn't know it's probably not going to happen, but that's well, what I, I don't. Uh, there was something in your doctor paper because that's not, <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, that, like I say, my, my realistic one is probably be Max, Charles and Science, but I'm going to stick with what I want to happen. And that's Charles, Lando and George, just for, you know, just just because that's what I want. I'm I'm slagging you off there, but I put Science in first and Leclerc second and Ferrari's not going to let that happen. If there's not a car in between. <laughs> so, you know, maybe there was something wrong with my doctor paper. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, that's our preview of the Silverstone Grand Prix this weekend. We'll be interesting. We, uh, me and Coops will be there cheering on Sarah from the sidelines. And actually um, going to get to meet you for the first time ever yeah. in person. Yeah, that's it. You've been up in Scotland for, what, how many, four years now? And I've, I've been oh, down here in, in Kent. Yeah, so well. it'd be good to, good to actually meet in person. I'll be able to, like, I'd be able to abuse you in, per- in person and call your names in person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get me into trouble for all that times I've used the C word when I'm not allowed to. Yeah. Chicken. Uh, yeah, right, that okay. one, yes, because I'm a vegetarian, so, you know, I'm not supposed to say the word chicken. <laughs> of course, that's what I meant. <clears throat> anyway. So let, let's move swiftly on to our interview with our very special guest uh, today. And that is Sarah Moore, which obviously given us your views on the Silverstone Grand Prix this weekend. So thank you very much for that. Um, First things first, you got into racing because basically you were born into a racing family by the sounds of it or by the by what I've been reading today. Yeah, basically. Um, my dad used to race himself, uh, both go-karts and, and in cars, uh, won various championships. Um, 
craziest thing he did, I think, was probably be the fastest man on four wheels round the streets of Isle of Man uh, in a wow a uh, two fifty gearbox car, which was cra- always crazy to watch. Um, yeah, yeah I, was, I was, you know, like you say, I was born into it. Um, back home, the family we've got our own race team. Um, my dad's got a airfield um, that we've got a, a go kart track on. We built a purpose, um, purposely built mini car circuit um, to do some testing and stuff when we started racing cars. So, yeah, um, I've, I've, I say I've had it um, quite easy um, because it's, it's always been tough to find the money. But I think you know my way into motorsport was definitely um, a lot easier than most. So was it? Do you know, like the, the the football dads around the football fields on Saturday mornings? Was it was it kind of like your dad was like, "Yeah, you're going into karting. This is what you're going to do, and you're going to I'm going to scream from the sidelines and make sure you are, uh, you know, this this you know, world class driver." Um, in in all fairness, um, neither of my parents uh, have ever forced any of us into it. Um, you know, I've got three brothers and and one sister, and uh, my family have, you know, my parents have never been forceful. Um, they've just said, you know, obviously we've grown up with the airfield, and that's kind of all we've known. Um, and like most things in life, you don't uh, appreciate it until you, you know, you start to get older. You know, going towards your twenties, really. Um, but I think, you know, it, I kind of did it when I was younger because it was there. Um, I kind of got all a lot of hand me downs, but I just did it because I enjoyed it. Um, and then as soon as I started, uh, racing cars, um, when I was, when I did my test, when I was 13 and a half, started racing them when I was 14, um, I was never really any good at car and never finished last, but also never finished inside a top 10. Um, so it was something that I was never good at. Like I say, I just enjoyed it. But, um, as soon as I moved into cars, uh, something just clicked after my, my first year of racing cars and in my second year, I won the genetic junior championship. And then since then, um, you know, I've, I've, that was kind of what kept me going. Um, I think if it wasn't for that, I probably would have just been, you know, just doing some club racing as opposed to being a part of the W Series now. So, mm. What was the transition from karts to uh, the Ginetta uh, Series like? Was it was it a, a massive step and, or did you feel comfortable immediately going into the, to the cars? Um, for, for me, um, I'd say I felt relatively comfortable other than the fact that it's, you know, the, the speed difference and the, the bigger circuits, um, mm. having the airfield to grow up on, I, I started, uh, driving cars around, been sat on my mum's knee when I was about five years old. So wow. I was used to the changing gears, you know, the understanding of clutch control, braking, accelerating, steering, etc. So, you know, I, I had the understanding all, of all of that. It was just a case of taking corners at speed as opposed to uh, driving around at 30, 40 mile an hour. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, that was the, the biggest thing to get my head around, which took me, uh, which I think most people, it takes the, the first year to, to get used to it. And then the second year is always the, the year that you go for it. So, And obviously you said you, you won the championship. How was that? Was that like your biggest achievement, your greatest season so far in, in motorsport? Um. I don't. It's it's not my greatest achievement um, anymore. Um, I've kind of had other things um, that have beaten that, but I think at the time it was just more the fact that it was the biggest turning point. It was exactly what I needed. Um, mm-hmm. I was throughout that year the, the first female to stand on the top step of the podium on, in the Genetic Junior Championship. Um, wow. I was the first female to have won a championship as part of the British Touring Car Support um, weekends. So you know. Uh, I was 15 when I won the championship and it was, although I didn't realize at the time how quite how big it was. Um, yeah. Like I said, it was, it was a turning point for me, but um, you know, I think it without that, 
um, I probably wouldn't have kept on pushing on uh, with my racing um, and I wouldn't have kind of made a name for myself to be where I am now. So, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful and fortunate for the opportunity to do it in the first place. So obviously you mentioned that you are in W Series and you've kind of been there since the assumption. How has it changed over the years? Because obviously now that it's been picked up by Sky F1, there's obviously more coverage. Obviously with Jenna Racing coming into play this year as well, that's additional coverage. How crazy has it gone? has it changed over the years yeah from uh, for me um a person i think as a driver i've probably got one of the smallest social media followings out of the whole of the w series grid um just because of the fact that when i was when i was younger i i didn't have social media um was never really a fan of it um just because of, or I couldn't be bothered with people's comments. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, away, I away from it. Um, so, you know, my, my following is, is still small. It's, uh, you know, probably tripled in size since I joined the W Series. But, um, you know, if we go back to, to where W Series started, um, you know, in, in the first year, um, they did a great job of being a support to, to DTM, um, which for me, I absolutely loved because... Watch cars is is what I grew up doing. So watching the DTM cars race, um, I absolutely love that. Um, and then, like you say, um, you know, we're, we're now part of the Formula One weekends. And as a driver, it's absolutely manic. Um, we we have so many media responsibilities over the course of a weekend. Um, it's definitely a huge step up from uh, racing Ginettas, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's all positive from my end. Um, you know, it's obviously got us a lot more exposure as drivers, um, you know, gained a, a bigger social media following and also gained a lot of uh, new friends along the way as well. But the championship um, itself has just come on in leaps and bounds in terms of the driver quality. Um, although, like I, I said to you guys before, a lot of the drivers that are, that are still in it have been in it from the beginning, like myself. Um, but, um, you know, it's nice to see that the gap to the top of of the table uh, in terms of times on the track it is starting to close up. Um, unfortunately, walked away with it. Um, in the second year, she did have a bit of a fight in her hands, and um, I felt extremely sorry for for Alice at Kota. Um, it was a very tough weekend for her. Um, I think you know that that championship. Um, was really did think it was hers um, until we got to that weekend. So I was, yeah, I was good. I'm probably as good for her as she was for herself, to be honest. Um, but yeah, this year it's absolutely amazing. Um, now that the the COVID restrictions have dropped, um, you know, for us to be able to actually mix with the fans, have autograph sessions back again, which we never had um, at, at all last year. Um, obviously, we had it with DTM, which was really cool. Something that non well, I had experienced before, but not all drivers had experienced autograph sessions before and it's just absolutely amazing to be able to actually meet and mix and talk to to some of the fans I think it's probably one of my favorite parts of, of a race weekend for me excellent and you you did just before you joined uh, W Series you, you did endurance racing as well uh, how do you find endurance racing in compare in comparison to kind of like your standard uh, circuit kind of half an hour 45 minute uh, kind of races that sort of thing yeah, I've, I've uh, always been more of a, an endurance style driver. I think that kind of stems from um, my elder brother. He uh, he's done Le Mans uh, twenty four hours himself, um, and it, we've always been an endurance style family. Um, I think we did well. I did one year at single seaters back in I think it was two thousand and eleven. Um, but my dad was always a, a bigger sports car fan than he was single seaters, and that's kind of where I, where I stuck to sports cars. To be honest. Um, uh, you know, I think 
the Wii series has taught me a lot in how to understand aero. Um, I do eventually want to go back to endurance racing because my goal is to race at Le Mans 24 hours. Um, so I, I'm just kind of using the W series to learn everything I can to understand a lot more about setup of cars and understanding aero and, and how it all works and affects the car um, and using it to kind of raise my profile to then hopefully raise enough budget to, to go back and do where, uh, you know, the likes of Asian Le Mans series, uh, World Endurance Championship, something like that. What would your ultimate goal be? Uh, say, for example, you're in your 40s, 50s, whatever. You know, you've decided to hang up the helmet, you're done. You look back, what would be the one thing that you, looking back, that you would want to do outside of maybe, make, I think you've kind of touched on it, it's Le Mans, but is there anything specific other than maybe Le Mans that you would think, yeah, that's what I want to do, or aiming for in general? Um, kind of outside of my, my own personal racing, I really enjoy coaching other drivers, especially from a, a junior level, kind of in, from karting, uh, the first kind of three, four years into cars. Um, I just enjoy kind of helping them and seeing them develop and, and grow as a driver and as a person. Um, obviously with uh, my younger sister, she's 10 years younger than me and I've done a, a lot of work with her in guiding her and helping her, um, and I've worked with quite a, a few uh, young female drivers now, which obviously is something that is is extra important to me, uh, trying to bring another younger generation of, of girls uh, up through karting. Um, but yeah, one thing that, that I want to try and focus on and, and use um, kind of the following that I have got is to, to get more females in general um, just involved in motorsport. Absolutely. And W Series is the right way to go. And you are the first LGBTQ plus member to be on a podium during an F1 weekend. How good does that feel? Yeah, I think uh, I just did an interview earlier and I was saying, I think the older, the older I get, uh, although it's only been a year since it happened, but the, the older I get, I think the more emotional I get um, about talking about it. Um, it's mm. weird because at the time, obviously I didn't know when I, when I was stood on the podium um, about it. Um, and I always said annoyingly that if I ever ended up on a podium, that I would take my pride flag with me. So I'd still to this day beat myself up about that. Um, <laughs> next one, the next one I will. Um, but yeah, um, obviously, um, you know, after I found out it had happened, um, it's always going to be a super special moment to be the first driver to to create history in, in anything is always going to be a super special moment so it's definitely one that I will never ever forget um but I always say obviously it was a special moment for me but I'm extremely happy in myself um very happily married with an amazing amazing wife who's extremely supportive um but for me it did more to know how much it did for the rest of the community than it than it did for myself. Um, you know, the, the amount of messages, comments, and everything I received, um, and still do um, after that race weekend, um, always absolutely amazes me. And you're such a proud member of the LGBT community, uh, plus community that you are a driver ambassador for racing price. <laughs> I've got the flag behind me here. Um, so yeah, you're a driver ambassador. What does that, what does that entail for you? What do, what do you, what do you have to, what do you do? Uh, in, in, what are you involved in when you do that? Um, various different things, um, going to various, uh, kind of shows, um, just to kind of put, um, racing pride's name out there. Um, mm -hmm. this month, obviously with it being, uh, pride month, um, racing pride, um, have been working with Aston Martin, obviously they, they, uh, 
partnered with Aston Martin F1 uh, during last year um, and they've been doing some more work with Aston Martin and also Aston Martin Lagonda, so the road car side. Um, so uh, myself and, and Richard, um, we've gone to three uh, Aston Martin Lagonda venues uh, throughout this month um, just to kind of educate them um, on LGBTQ+, uh, and how to be an ally uh, for the LGBTQ plus community, um, which I think is is extremely important and a lot more race teams and even companies outside of motorsport need to do uh, a lot more of, um, in, in my opinion, um, you know, that the more that we can keep on pushing it um, within motorsport, I think the more it's going to help on, uh, you know, a broader scale, to be honest. A W series of, uh, you know, they've, they've brought in um, Jenna. Uh, she, she's got a, a race team now. Uh, it's, it's, as quite inclusive anyway, because a lot of the drivers are actually lesbians and they're part of the community themselves. Um, do you think we'll see, Similar things in other sports uh, like Formula One or F2, F3. Do you see that racing pride is, is breaking down the barriers for, for that sort of occurrence in sport? Um, I like to think so. I think we're definitely going in, in the right direction. Um, I think having more Formula One drivers now uh, coming on board as allies, um, you know, Lewis obviously with his uh, amazing helmet, Seb, absolutely, uh, you know, I. I I will admit that when he was at Red Bull, I wasn't the biggest Vettel fan, but no. uh, but now I, I definitely am a huge Vettel fan. Um, you know, just everything that he's doing is absolutely amazing, you know. Um, and I just think it's absolutely amazing the fact that he doesn't have social media, yet he's still um, able to get <laughs> such a strong message, you know, across social media. So, uh, yeah, it's great to have, um, you know, the teams the teams on board as well as, as the drivers. And I think if it stems, you know, if it, if it starts at the top level of motorsport, it's more likely to, to fall down to, to the lower levels as well. Um, and I think, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier or not, but, you know, going back to uh, be, being the first LGBTQ plus driver to, to stand on an F1 podium, um, it kind of gives the, the younger generation and, and other people that may not be out within the LGBTQ plus community, someone to look up to um, that's actually part of the LGBTQ plus community. And I think that's extremely important for, for the years to come as well. Absolutely. It is. Um, also, uh, F1 committed to the We Racers One, um, you know, the, over the last few years, I've encompassed all, all Black Lives Matter type um, causes, but also encourage more women into the sport and obviously inclusivity. Will we see in the next few years a woman in F1? And who would you like to see uh, sitting in the seat uh, in F1? Uh, I, I think realistically, you know, as much as I'd love to say there's going to be a woman in an F1 seat in the next three years, um, I still think we've got a way to go yet. Um, mm -hmm. I think in, in my opinion, realistically, uh, I think it would be like seven, eight years, um, something like that. Um, I think, you know, if there was one driver that I would love to see in Formula One right now, who's currently in the W Series, is Abby Pullen. Um, I definitely think she's... She's capable, you know, she's she's proven that she's got the speed. Um, mm. It's just a case of, you know, keeping everything together for her. I think she's, she's you know, a, a fantastic driver. She she proved that in the few races that she did the season last year. An automatic back this year. Um, shows, you know, how, how well she performed in the races that she did last year. So I think, you know, if she keeps putting hard work in, um, you know, I'd like to think that, that she will keep on pushing um, towards a Formula 1 team, so... We got a few questions from the live stream on Facebook. So, Go for it. Um, from James um, to Sarah, he asked, is it time to upgrade the cars in W Series to give you all much more a suitable claim to drive in the F Series? So, 
upgrading the cars to be more suitable to like F3, F2 and F1 cars? Yeah, difficult question, really. I would like to say yes. Um, but I think that the difficult thing there is you've still got so little females within motorsport compared to to males. And like everyone, to be honest, everyone struggles to find, to find the budget to go formula racing. Um, to be fair, it, it is the most expensive form of motorsport. If you want to really want to push down that route, you really, really have to hard work in um, to find, you know, it's, it's millions now. If you're talking millions if you want to go even into to Formula 3. Um, so uh, I think that kind of money puts a lot of people off, um, which is why a lot of people now tend to switch to the endurance racing, to the sport car racing. Um but, you know, if you look at the field of, of drivers that are in the W Series at the moment, they're still, they, they want to bring the fresh talent in and the fresh talent, the female talent, a lot of that at the moment still lies within karting. Um, you know, th- there's a few that have, have started coming into the formula um, and in Formula Regional. Um, you've got a few drivers in that. You've got a few female drivers in Spanish F4. Um, so th- they're slowly starting to come through. But, you know, even the step from F4 to you know, the, the car that we drive or the Formula Regional car, you know, th- th- that that step is big enough in itself. Um, so you still need to have some kind of slow, slower way of getting to, to Formula 3. You don't just want to kind of go from from an F4 car, which is, again, different in each country that, that you go to, um, mm. um, from that straight to, to a Formula 3 car, because that is a huge step. Um, you know, I think if you, I know a few of the W Series drivers, uh, current W Series drivers have tested um, Formula 3 cars and even Formula Regional cars. They, they compare the W Series car to, to the Formula Regional car. Um, and yeah, there, there is a difference. Um, probably I'd say more so physically um, because the W Series cars um, are restricted on setup just to make things a lot easier um, with the racing and obviously with the drivers having such different levels of experience. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, you never know what lies ahead in the future. Maybe uh, maybe they will change a few things, but I think for the time being, I think um, it's a case of just working on the championship um, and the drivers within the championship and actually making it, you know, sus- sustainable to keep on going for the future and get it a good solid, good solid championship um, and then just go from there. Yeah, uh, going back to the kind of LGBTQ side of things, uh, Richard had said, and when he was on the podcast, that you know, as being a proud gay man himself, he said that he still experienced things negatively. Uh, I think he said he got was it gay boy written on his car or his car mm-hmm. at some point. Have you experienced that? And how do you deal with the kind of negative side of being, you know, out and and proud? Um, I think. Yeah, everyone deals with it in different ways. Um, throughout my career, you know, whilst I've been out, um, my career kind of took a bit of a dip and it was in the, those couple of years where my career took a bit of a dip when I actually came out. So when I returned back to, you know, a high level of motorsport, I was already out. So I was, uh, you know, comfortable within myself at that point. Um, but I, I'm the kind of person that, you know, if anyone passed any comments or, or anything like that I'm the kind of person that would either just have banter with it or have some sarcastic comments to come back with um, that's, usually, that's just my way of dealing with it um, but I think you know that, that I've never really taken you know any comments or anything to heart I think you know that the worst it ever was was 
a year ago yesterday um, after the uh, the historic uh, podium. Uh, that was the worst the worst it got. I think Twitter is not a nice place at all, so I try and stay away from it. Um, and to be fair, you know, I scrolled through it expecting the comments, so I, you know, I, I didn't think anything of it, but I felt more so for, again, the other people within the community that are going to read those comments. It's not going to affect me because I just rise above it, you know, rise above the keyboard warriors, leave them to it. But it's, you know it's everyone else within the community that I really feel for because it's not the kind of comments that, that they want to see if, you know, if they're in the stage of wanting to come out, um, you know, re- reading that kind of stuff is going to put them back 10 steps from where they, where they just were. So it, you know, it might not affect me, but it affects everyone else. But it does prove the, the, the need for an organization like racing pride uh, and even just having pride in general, uh, you know, having a, a month dedicated it to, uh, to it because there is so much bigotry in the world uh obviously we need to kind of fight fight that and, and kind of and you know they say it's say pushing an, an agenda and, and rainbow washing or whatever but it's all they're all positive things it's all it's a, it's a positive thing to get the message out and, and that's why we will always go go with it as well do you, do you think in a few years time hopefully we'll be at a, a point where it, it won't even matter what sexuality you are it, it's like well she's just a, a superb racing driver uh, and that's the main thing um I'd like to think so, but I think it really differs which which country we race in as well. Uh, I think you know a lot of people will agree that some of the uh, race weekends, the F1 we race weekends, um, there's definitely a lot of controversy as to whether we should be racing in those countries for various different reasons. Um, you know that you've got the the LGBTQ plus rights in some of the countries. Um, you know uh, some of the rights against females in some of the countries. Um, you know there's there's quite a few. Um, I tend to not kind of read too much into my in myself. I just concentrate on my racing um, personally. But um, I know of people within F1 teams, especially um, that have been there on a race weekend and really not wanted to be there. Um, so I think, you know, as much as I'd like to say in two years time, all, all's going to be well and we won't have to worry about it. Um, I think there's always going to be countries where there's going to be issues. Um, I think the UK in general is... I like to think a good place to be for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, we've still got some issues, but definitely nowhere near as bad as, as many, many other countries. Um, you know, I, I know obviously Pride Month we celebrate quite quite big in the UK um, in various, you know, different cities, um, which is great to see. Um, but then, you know, you also see, I mean, it's not put out on social media or the news. Um, as much as it should be, in my opinion, but people are still getting beaten up, attacked, etc., um, for being part of the LGBTQ plus community. So we still have a bit of work to do, but like I say, nowhere near as much as as a lot of the other countries. It's, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's a shame that that still happens in this day and age, but it does, and I say, it does kind of enforce uh, the need for these sorts of months and uh, organisations. In regards to the kind of racing pride thing, where do you want racing pride to go over the next few years? Is it is it mostly built on awareness? So if you feel like you've got the awareness to the point that you're kind of happy with, where's next? What would you want to do with it? I think in my in my opinion, it's a case of continuing to to work with um, current um, and you know any future um, F one teams. Uh, I think that's a, a great place to be. Um, you know, I think since they've teamed up, I think since uh, some of the F1 teams have teamed up with Racing Pride, I think it's it's more Racing Pride. Um, so I think you know continuing that, but like I say, I think it's just a case of, in my opinion, just continue to raise awareness. 
you know, in, in any single way that we can, um, you know, all of all of us ambassadors that are part of Racing Pride, um, you know, I think at any, any chance we get, um, you know, we always try and do what we can for, for the Racing Pride. Where do you see yourself uh, or what, what kind of things do you see yourself doing this year in W Series? Are you going to get on, get on the podium again? What's your realistic targets for, for your racing uh, for the rest of the season? Uh, definitely be back on the podium. Uh, that is definitely uh, one for me. Um, With your pride think, flag. How good yeah, would it be at Silverstone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would be amazing to, for that to be this weekend. That would. Uh, that's why I want the rain, you see. Um, <laughs> so fingers crossed for that. Uh, but I think as a, a season, as a, a, you know, as a whole, um, coming off the back of last year, um, I kind of, although finishing fifth in, in the championship last year was absolutely amazing and it was a step up from from where I finished in, in the first year. Um, I still don't think I finished where I felt I should have done um, with the Spa crash. That Spa was always going to be one of my favourite tracks and really, really, in practice, I felt quick there. It felt good. Um, so obviously the, the crash there put me back um, quite a bit. Um, mm. And then uh, I didn't get any points at Hungary last year, which was a, a bad race for me as well. So I think, you know, uh, if the crash hadn't have happened at Spa, uh, I think that would have been another good solid result for me. So I, I felt like I should have been higher up than fifth in the championship last year. But I think the competition is definitely a lot harder this year. So I think um, realistically, um, just aiming back for that top five again, just trying to get back into that cons- consistent top five results um, is definitely what you need. Just a, a lot of consistency um, and hopefully get a podium somewhere along the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Uh, we, we we definitely want to see you up there. Any other questions, Sophia? Yeah. Um. What advice would you get uh, give to females that want to get into motorsport, maybe from driving or supporting as engineers, mecha- mechanics? What advice would you get somebody that's kind of wanting to be in this industry? Um, I would always say reach out to the people that are already in the industry. Um, you'd be amazed at. Maybe they might not be able to get you in with the race team because it is quite hard to to get um, that the foot in the door, um, because that many people now want to be involved with race teams. Um, but I think you know just just making sure that you you know you're talking to people that are already females that are already involved um, within the sport. They the numbers of females that are involved in motorsport are definitely going up. Um, I've definitely, you know, I've seen that myself, obviously, having been involved in motorsport for so long. Um, it's nice to see more females coming through. Um, but yeah, I would say definitely just that for me. Um, you know, don't be scared of reaching out to, you know, myself being a W Series driver. A lot of people kind of, I don't know, weirdly get scared of just sending me a message on Instagram or something like that. You know, um, I think, you know, there's quite a few of us as drivers, current W Series drivers and and the past W Series drivers that would actually be quite uh, willing to, you know, give advice or help, you know, if and when we can. Oh, I've got a quick question, actually. The the W Series paddock seems like a really kind of family kind of a group uh, competing against each other. You all seem to just get along from from what i've seen on on, on obviously the, the television um, is it is that the case is it like a big family big big bunch of friends kind of just going out and competing against each other um, yeah, much. everyone always sounds surprised by this <laughs> I, think, uh, I think it comes from if uh, 
ordinarily, I think if you were to put, say, 20 females in one room together, you'd expect some kind of argument. Definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, in, in all fairness, um, you know, we, we all want the same thing. We all want, want females to succeed in motorsport. We want to create a pathway um, for, for women in motorsport to succeed, whether it's, you know, to go to Formula One or to go on to something else. Um, we, we all pretty much want the same thing. Um, and yeah, you know, we've we've had crashes with each other, et cetera, but that's just motorsport. These things happen. Um, I think females are more likely to just get over it than males, in my opinion. Um, so <laughs> no, no, that kind of makes it a little bit easier. We, we might have a little bit of a bitch and a moan for about two minutes, but, uh, you know, then we'll, we'll be having a laugh and a joke again, uh, usually um, on an evening anyway. So. I've got one more question that's just popped in. You talked about the coaching side of things. Now, I don't know anything about coaching Formula One uh, or for any kind of driving or anything like that. But as a coach, when you put somebody in a car or in a car or something and they do something, do you just kind of know that they're really good? Or is it, you know, that way, like you see a foot, like I've watched football since I was really young and sometimes you just get that thing of, oh, that number five's cracking, who's he? You know, is it a similar thing for coaching, like a driver? They do, you file them out onto the car and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, they're good, right? Is it, is it a feel thing or do you see something? What is it? Um, pretty much from, from my experience, um, it's, it's a lot easier to, to tell, like when, when you're sat in the car with them. So if, you know, if you're coaching in car, um, in my opinion, it's a lot easier to tell just from, you know, their style of driving the way that they just drive the car, um, in general. Um, I know that, you know, drivers that I've worked in, in with, uh, within, in the past, um, there's been a few where I've got out the car and gone, but there'll be a championship winning driver, um, so yeah, it is one of those you can usually kind of tell from from kind of the first um, moment you kind of work together. To be fair, but then it's weird. It does it does also work the other way. You know, like I said um, before, it took me. You know, I did the whole ten years in karting um, and then a year in cars before something eventually. Uh, flicked the switch for me and, and I found you know some pace from somewhere and then went on to win a championship so it really does vary for some people it just takes one thing to to happen for, for it to change uh, them as a driver um, and some people just have it so it, it really does vary to be honest it, it seems to be a common theme with drivers in general like watching Formula 1 watching touring cars that are doing IndyCar drivers seem to be very sensitive to the car like I think the probably the biggest example to that was Sebastian Vettel. He won four championships, goes to Ferrari. His last year in Ferrari, it was as if he didn't know how to drive. Now, we all knew he knew how to drive, but we knew it was the car. Is that something that filters, and you've kind of touched on it, is that something that tends to filter throughout most of the years? Like for yourself, something clicked? Uh, is that a general theme with drivers? Um, I think it just it, it will always take a driver a certain length of time. Some people longer than others to to adjust to a different car. Uh, mm. My the example for me um, is is always. I mean, uh, you know, like I said before, we have a, a family run team, and within the family run team, we have uh, we still run Genetas and the old two of the old Genetta G50s um, and then one of the, the Genetta G55s. And that's kind of what I what I grew up around. Um, and if you put me in one of those, I feel at home. I can jump in it and I'm extremely comfortable that I can go out and set, a, you know, a fast lap on my second, third lap. Um, and still, uh, in you know, 
if I compare that to the W Series car, for example, um, I've still got work to do in the W Series car. You know, I've, I've, I'm in my third season of racing it now and, and I still, I don't feel as comfortable in the W Series car as I would feel if I was to jump back in that Ginetta. Um, and I think that just comes with with time in the seat. Um, you know, I don't have the, the sponsorship, the backing, the money, uh, the family money, et cetera, to be able to go do any extra testing. So, you know, any, any time in the car for me is, is always on a race weekend. Um, and, you know, again, that's, that's different for everyone um, in the motorsport world. Do you think your background and understanding like the mechanics and everything has helped you build better relationships with like the engineers and mechanics in W Series to get more performance and more information out of the car? I think it definitely it definitely helps. Um, I will say that I de- definitely don't know as much as I feel I should in terms of the mechanics of a car, um, because again, growing up within a family team, um, a lot of the mechanical side of things was was kind of done for me um, because I was following in the, in the footsteps of my brother, especially through my Janetta Junior years. Um, you know, he won the Janetta Junior Championship, so we had a, a good baseline setup of a car um, to, to run from. So I basically ran off what he ran um, and that within reason did, did the job for me. So um, it's not until kind of I actually joined the W Series when, when I really had to kind of realized how much I had to learn about the mechanical side um, of racing. I think you have to learn uh, a lot more these days than say 10 years ago, because the cars have advanced that much that you need to know more as a driver um, in case anything does go wrong, because there's that much technology, technology within the cars now. And, and, you know, everything is on the dashboard in front of you. So if, if anything does flash up as an error, it's going to flash up straight on your screen and you then need to be able to report that to, you know, back through to the engineers, you know, if, if it's a tire, tire blown issue um usually it's always going to be the driver that's going to report that first so you've really got to have a good understanding um and be be confident um you know with with your information as a driver okay i want a sound bite from you just to finish uh what would you say to any of the lgbtq community listening or watching uh you know about coming out or feeling comfortable in the racing industry what would just what would your message to them be um Probably the exact same to my answer to Sophia's question, actually. Again, uh, reach out to people within the community. Um, you know, the, obviously Racing Pride, what, what we're doing as ambassadors um, is absolutely fantastic. Um, and again, don't be scared to reach out to us. Um, obviously, we're, we're all very, very happy with our relationships and, and who we are. Um, and most of us understand pretty much within reason, uh, every area of the LGBTQ plus, uh, you know, aspect. Um, so yeah, just same again, just don't be scared of reaching out, even just contacting Racing Pride themselves. Um, mm-hmm. it, I think it's, it's always, I think in any aspect in life, I say it's always about surrounding yourself with, with the right people. As long as you surround yourself with the right people, um, then they will always be there to support you. Excellent. Well, that's a perfect soundbite to end on. Uh, thank you very much for coming to uh, to talk to us today. I really enjoyed obviously your insight into the weekend at Silverstone. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how you how you do this weekend. I've got we'll have our, all of our fingers crossed for you. Um, have you got anything you'd like to plug while you're here? Are your socials yourself so our fans can go and follow you on Instagram and Twitter? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, across all my social media, um, it is Sarah Moore Racing. Um, so you'll find me Twitter, Instagram. Uh, where else? Facebook, uh, TikTok. I do have TikTok. Needs a bit of work on it, but we do have TikTok. Uh, you do funny videos. 
No, no, and I don't like the thought of embarrassing myself. <laughs> I have. I need to work up a, a bit more confidence to get to that level, but uh, uh, I don't know whether that's a level level of stupidness. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, we don't do it. <laughs> yeah, so everyone, head over to Sarah Moore Racing on all those places I'm there, and make sure you follow us. I haven't hit my 10k followers, so you know, if anyone wants to keep plugging me, keep pushing me. Whatever, please. I'd, I'd like to hit my 10K. Let's get it. Let's get it to 10K. <laughs> Come on, everybody. You can do it. Um, well, we are Everything F1. You can find us on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we do have TikTok, um, but we have very sensible videos on there. Um, you can follow us on all those, all those platforms, please. You can also find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com. And of course, this podcast that you are listening to right now is on all podcast streaming services. Uh, if you could give us a like, a follow, share it with your friends, help us build our community uh, so we get our great guests like Sarah on each and every week. Uh, it's the Silverstone Grand Prix this weekend. We do hope you enjoy the race. To review the race next week, we've got Louise Goodman coming along. Uh, to have a chat so she'll be a fantastic person to speak to with all with all her career that she's had as well so i'm absolutely looking forward to that one just as much as i was looking forward to today so thank you very much sarah again for coming to chat to us no problem thank you for having me no problem at all it's been a pleasure uh, thanks again to my my co-hosts and colleagues coops and sophia thanks for coming along to chat thank to us you. today thank you I've been James Tiller. This has been the Everything F1 podcast. We will see see you next week when we review the Silverstone Grand Prix. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye, Bye. everyone. Bye. Bye.